After the Fact Podcast with your hosts, Luke Matthews. Red Ogre? What the fuck was a Red Ogre? Uh, How the hell do I get to the Red Ogre? Christina Peck. Do, 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 door. Patrick Manning. Let's play Smash Brothers Melee. And Mike DiPatrillo. Awesome! That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> oh my god. See, I thought this was going to be a good show, but now I realize that none of us are going to talk to each other. We're just going to sit here and stare at each other across the mics and be like, "If you two would like stop it's looking okay. lovingly at each other, it would make my yeah. life much easier." I've missed Adam. I, I just missed- wanna, I just want to feel something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to After the Fact. Uh, it's myself, Andy Padell, and uh, our buddy Adam Dorsey came up here from L.A. this weekend, so we wrangled him into doing a show. How you doing, Adam? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, why the hell are you back up here? Uh, I got to visit my folks, and I got to see everybody in Seattle who answered me on Facebook and said they wanted to hang out. Awesome. Have you been doing anything cool while you've been here? <sighs> Drinking a lot? <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 So, <laughs> no, no. How's LA for you? Uh, it's good. It's sunny every day, and it crushes your soul. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. I have lots of time to sit around and play video games and hide from the sun. Well, so, that's yeah. awesome. What? Uh, so we were talking before the sh- before we actually started this stuff up about uh, you have a. I at some point we had posted one of your videos to our website. Actually, we posted the uh, the uh, dramatic reading of the NeoGaf reaction to yeah. Excite Bots, which was hilarious. Um, do you still do any single player multiplayer stuff? I still write things on the site, so it's multiplayer single player dot com plug. Um, no for, dash for, for all, all one word. It's all one word. Okay. Um, I still write stuff and put it up there. Uh, I haven't made any videos in a long time, and that comes down to simply not having lighting equipment down in LA and not having someone to hold the camera for me. But now I've got a buddy down there. He can hold the camera for me. Two things. There's, I'm pretty sure that there's Lowe's and Home Depot, so there's your <laughs> lighting equipment. And uh, things called tr- tripod, if nothing else, um, a table. Yeah, you can set I, the camera on. I it. guess they're excuses, <laughs> and I really—it's it, funny that I've like written things, for, like I've written sketches, I've written things to film for multiplayer, single player, and haven't actually put them on camera. And so I can do a backlog of those. I really want to get going on it again because yeah. every time I make something, a ton of people see it, and I like. It's because most of it's pretty damn I like hilarious. Myself out. Like, yeah, fun. absolutely. The my favorite is still the burnout. Uh, the one you did when they added in race restarts. Oh, and that that one was so good. I I love doing that. That's my favorite. And the burnout guys got to like see it and put it on their site. And like, I'm such a big fan of the game. Oh, that's that right. Really it cool. did. It ended up on the Criterion site. Yeah, didn't it? yeah, yeah. And it's weird because the Criterion guys have me blocked on Twitter. So for whatever reason. <laughs> For whatever reason, I never, I love those guys. I never spammed them with anything besides saying, hey, I love your game. Check out this cool video I made, which they then featured on their site. But I can't follow Criterion Games, twitter.com slash Criterion Games, because they've blocked me. I don't know why. <laughs> you have no idea I've why. I've sent email through their customer service on their website. Over and over and yeah, over like, again. Hey, guys, I'm just really excited for that new Need for Speed. I remember I made that video. <laughs> you put it on your webpage. I'd love to be able to follow you on Twitter. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually one of our 14 followers uh, followers yes. on Twitter. That's awesome. <laughs> so now now of the 14 followers there will be six people who have been on the show <laughs> at some point. That's awesome. Uh, Twitter is something I've never figured out. You seem to figure it, have figured it out better than I have. I I can't quite figure out 
what the fuck I'm supposed to do to get more followers slash get, you know. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm all about it. And I guess just like be yourself on it, I guess, which for me means that I say horrible, horrible things that I don't <laughs> want my mom to read. And then my mom like, oh, I was reading your Twitter. Yeah, I heard that already. And, oh, I, I didn't know that, you did that with that, that hooker. Yeah, that means you already read all those other things. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I love Twitter. I hate Facebook. I'm the exact opposite. I hate Twitter just because, like, it seems like I don't know. There, there's something utterly pointless about it to me that I just can't get get my mind wrapped around the the shortness of the posts and the like the inability to really express a real thought at all you're not trying hard <laughs> enough everything can be boiled down to those 140 characters <laughs> oh, great that's what society needs is just boiling everything down now right it's the reader's digest of the internet <laughs> that's, god that's so sad <laughs> jesus oh so uh how the hell did we manage to wrangle you into doing a podcast on the one weekend where you're actually kind of back home yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I I didn't plan on doing this, and I'm staying in Seattle for a couple more hours so that I can. I don't know. Nice. I've never been yeah. on a podcast before. I've always wanted to start my own, but, you know, I, I, I'm afraid. I guess I don't have anybody to hold the mic, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine being in front of a camera and holding somebody holding you on camera. Because I've seen some of your stuff from your, your other website as well. They're the some of the shit that you did in the past that I get like magic phone. And yeah, like fucking, yeah. And so when you're with that group, you don't seem to have any problem like being in front of the camera no. or being on a mic, but you've no. never done a podcast of your no, own? No, I've never done a podcast of my own. I guess I, we were talking about this earlier. I just don't know what I would do. There's so many gaming podcasts out there and I like how you guys have a like niche thing. There are less classic gaming sites than just like the four dudes sitting around talking about games. But yeah, I don't know what I would talk about. Like, I, the the people I would want to do a podcast with don't play video games, and that's what I would want to talk about. So maybe I'll do something where I explain video games to somebody who doesn't understand them. <laughs> a, a brief discussion on Farmville on the next Adam Dorsey podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, God. I like how I'm doing the NPR voice in your version of the podcast. You know, <laughs> Welcome to the Adam Dorsey podcast. <laughs> Maybe you can be the guy that develops the first Twitter video game. Like, yeah, so can even can be even more casual than Facebook <laughs> games. It's a one button you click and win. Yeah, everything will be like, oh, it, it'll just turn Twitter into a giant game of WarioWare or something. Like everything's like five second long games. Yes. Do you want to win? Yes. <laughs> you win. win. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna back up. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask since you haven't been on the show before, and I haven't really gotten much of this information. I think Andy, I want I want to find out from you guys. What? How did you get into video games in the first place? Apparently, I don't remember these days, but apparently, my parents went to Reno once, and I was a baby, and I got super into some Pac Man or Miss Pac Man. Okay, and that was like when they were like, "Oh, he must be really into games." So I had an Atari. Like, you know, not the 2600, but just the Atari. And like an 800? Or I, don't even, before... I don't even think it had a number on it. I think it just really? had Atari on it. And it, was <laughs> a, it had these, like, weird wood lines on the top. 5200. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it was pre-2600. I don't know. So that's that probably is. a 400-800 at that time. 800 sounds like something maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, anyway. I, I, because I will get to that part of when I got the 2600, and it's the saddest experience in my life. Um, so... <laughs> 
so I, I, I got I got into playing that. I have like great memories of like it burning into my TV, you know, me leaving a game on all night and it burning into my tiny like I don't know, pseudo black and white TV. <laughs> and um I remember my sister being real young and my parents wanting us to play together. And I had that kangaroo game on the Atari, which I love so much, which was just a Donkey Kong ripoff. But you played as a kangaroo. With the boxing and gloves. Monkey, um, yeah, and yeah. monkeys would come after you. Um, I don't remember what it's called It either. was just I called know exactly. Kangaroo. Really? I looked it up a couple months ago and found some videos of British people playing it on YouTube. So that's up there somewhere. <laughs> it's also on my website, Um <laughs> And Two plugs, one two show. Plugs two plugs in one nice. show, yeah. I just remember that um, I would tell my sister that she was the monkeys in the game so I wouldn't have to play two-player and wait for her <laughs> to play. And she was young enough that I could fool her that way. And she's like, it doesn't seem to be moving like I want it to. It's working. <laughs> You're um, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was also like six years old you know that is amazing um so i had the i had the atari um i have i wanted to move to the nintendo when i was in grade school all my friends had the nintendo i um they would bring it to school sometimes and we'd like get to play it at school somehow and i went to best which was an electronic store in olympia i had saved up enough money and my parents were going to pay the rest or something and i go to get the nintendo but this was when the nintendo hadn't been out for a long time and it was like at the height of its popularity and they were all sold out but a kid can't go to the store wanting to get something and then walk out empty-handed. And somehow, in my sadness, my parents convinced me, get this Atari 2600. Oh. So I bought an Atari 2600 with no Ouch. games when I already had like the Atari 800 or something. So all it did was play all the games I already had. <laughs> and like oh, my Atari 800 or whatever that system was, like it still worked. It just needed a new AC, adapt- AC adapter that it like burned out or something. Okay. And so I spent whatever half of what an NES cost or, you know, this was way past the height of Atari. I remember seeing the games on the rack. But, you know, the NES had already, like, become king of everything, right? And, yeah, I, I went home empty-handed. I had to wait another Christmas or two before my parents got it for me. And that was, like, the greatest Christmas ever. And in between then, I remember playing Super Mario Brothers at a pizza place um in our hometown we'd go and pick up pizza it wasn't even like a sit-down pizza place and uh-huh. they would have an arcade machine of super mario brothers okay and i Play played on that yeah something or like the that. actual super it might have been just game. actual super mario brothers because i don't remember oh, ever being able do to you remember do you remember what games. it looks like at all or is it too young i was too young. too young i mean okay. i it, all it played was super mario brothers okay that okay. was probably super mario or yeah. arcade yeah so i mean i guess that was it and then from then on i was kind of like nintendo fanboy i never really had anything i mean Sega or Coleco or anything like that and I went Nintendo, Super Nintendo N64. I remember a friend of mine who wasn't that into gaming got a PlayStation and I was like, what are you doing, man? Why are you getting this PlayStation? Nintendo 64 comes out in like a few months. Just wait. (laughs) Mario Kart. And then, you know, it was like Oh, your PlayStation's cool. Wipeout. <laughs> Wipeout was amazing. Yeah, Wipeout, it was. as I remember being a kid, and my friend would be like, Oh, I just got Wipeout. That's what hackers play. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing, I was about to bring that up. I remember seeing the, the, bullshit version of Wipeout that never actually existed in Hackers, the movie, and being like, what fucking system? And then I you know, I would find out from friends, they're like, yeah, that's going to be on the PlayStation when the PlayStation comes out. I'm like, oh, fucking sweet! <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess that was it, and I was more, I, I was hooked until the N64, and then the lack of quality N64 games throughout its life cycle as things just started to, you know, that started to go downhill, and I didn't get, ever have an original PlayStation. And I took like four or five years off of gaming 
and then why would you do something like that well i mean i guess not off but maybe i switched to pc stuff so i was probably playing like unreal tournament on the pc and stuff like that i mean the pc was always there in the background but like you know during college like the first couple years of college i wasn't really playing mm-hmm. that would have been like the last um what, the last generation of scum games like Sam and Max Hit the Road, Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, I never, I never really pl- got into the LucasArts adventure games. Um, the adventure games that we were into were the Sierra ones, which in retrospect I suppose weren't as good. But we played like Space Quest and some like sure. King's Quest ones. I remember loading up Space, a friend bringing over Space Quest Four on some floppies and loading that up. And like once the game starts and being like. Wait, when does the movie end? No, this is the game. <laughs> like those were exact words I said, and now you look back and it would look ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. Um, I took time off, and then once the new generation started hitting, I got a GameCube again. Like you know, didn't get that many games for it. I remember I had like Smash Brothers it's because and, there weren't that many games for it. Yeah, I got Smash Brothers and Star <laughs> Wars, and you know, played that those with friends, and then I got the PlayStation Two and Grand Theft Auto Three. And like you know, once that was big, that was my reason for getting a PlayStation Two. And I remember getting a PlayStation One memory card instead of the PlayStation Two memory card <laughs> because I know there was a difference. And the best or Circuit City, excuse me, Circuit City employee wasn't like educated enough to tell me that I was getting the wrong one. And so I played Grand Theft Auto Three, got to the point where I needed to save and it wouldn't work. And I tried so many things and couldn't get it to save, realized what I needed to do and had to leave my game paused and drive back to the store <laughs> and pick up the, the oh, save. The, so your, your string of card. tragic video game misbuys just <laughs> keeps coming, right? <laughs> yes, yes. You pre-ordered Duke Nukem, <clears throat> didn't you? No, no, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did we ever ask you what you what got you into video games? Yeah, Padel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember anymore. Either. It's not really necessary it's, yeah, to on, repeat it since board. it's already been on the show. Yeah, but it's on there. Uh, I know there's a, a discussion about my uh, my horrible, horrible Christmas where I didn't have the Genesis controller and just watched the demo attract for Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas. Enjoy the oh shit! Did the Genesis not come with a controller? No, someone, uh, some dickhead stole the controller out of the box. Oh, and like returned it or something yep. stupid. I don't oh, remember man. this story. Did you tell this story? Yeah, on I the totally air? told this story on the air. Okay, good enough. I'll go back and listen then. <laughs> That's it, the beauty of having shit recorded, right? Put what like, episode it was in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Linear notes. Uh, Podell's tragic childhood. See episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> I could get on board an Xbox Live Arcade title. It's ten bucks, and I mean, even though all their titles are fifteen now, yeah. it's ten bucks. What? Oh, did, are you not an Xbox Live junkie? Oh, fuck no! Every single I game. canceled my gold account. I was like, fuck this. Okay. I don't care. So I, I spend way too much money on Xbox Live games. That's how I get like my retro game fix is by playing new games that have simple. You crappy know, mechanics. Simple crappy mechanics. Yes. There's a really good, uh, just quick recommendation. There's a really good game that nobody bought called Snoopy Flying Ace. It's <laughs> made by the dudes who made um, Crimson Skies back on the Xbox. Okay. It's okay. made by serious, like, biplane flying stuff. World War Two, World War One, whatever. Yeah. Um, combat. But this is that. This is that. A little more arcadey with Snoopy and Peanuts characters. I like, like, I like my comparison to this is it's got personality. It comes with that personality of the Peanuts world. And it's got like, I don't remember how many, 16 player online multiplayer or something. I was able to get, and you can, it's, it's one of the rare games on Xbox or on any system now where you can have, a, you, you can have a guest player playing online. 
Oh, nice. So I could you can play split two player split screen, both players playing online on a single it's, Xbox on a single Xbox. Online. It's not That's... obviously there, it's even got like um in like a modern warfare Call of Duty modern warfare kind of way where things are like consistent stats, you're leveling up your character, you're unlocking nice. weapons all online. Of course, the guest player isn't doing any of that. Like it resets every time you start a new game. Sure. But I played like nine hours the first game that came that we the first week that game came out with my girlfriend two player shooting a ton of you know guys online before and you're all like eat a dick Charlie Brown <laughs> 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 yeah but if you're not on Xbox Live I hate to break it to you fifteen dollars is their normal price point now. And that's, I mean, you remember the days of Braid when everybody was saying, Braid's not worth $15. This and Braid is, such is a worth $15. Braid, Braid is, is one of the games that's worth $15. I bought it on PSN for, actually, I think I got it on sale for nine ninety nine, but I would have paid 15 bucks for Braid. Like, that's, I mean, I paid, fuck, I paid $12 for Cave Story on the Wii, and that was worth every goddamn penny. You know, yeah. it just depends on the game. I would I would be willing to pay 15 bucks for Limbo. Limbo, for Lost example. in Shadow, Shadow yeah. Complex. Shadow Those Complex. Those are games that are worth... Fifteen bucks any day of the week. There yeah. and and Microsoft's problem now is that they are releasing everything no. at fifteen. I mean, almost everything. So this last summer of arcade, in my opinion, was a bust. Limbo was fifteen dollars and worth fifteen dollars. I can't even remember the other games that were. See, that's the thing. The summer of arcade stuff should never be that expensive because that should be like their opportunity to pimp stuff for for a really for a decent price, five Agreed. or ten bucks, and be like, throw it out there and. And then, you know, after Summer of Arcade is over, then you can pump the price up if you want. But, you know, give people the opportunity to get stuff for cheap so that they can see it, you know. I think their solution is to have every month be a new named month. I forget what this next month is called, but they're doing it again. Winter of Our Discontent? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Microsoft Winter of Our Discontent. (laughs) We got Uh, the worst games for $15 a piece. Do you have a PS3, Adam? I do have a PS3. Are you ever on it? I barely play my PS3. Um, I know so many people. So, that are so like you guys this, are so. both way into PS3. I am definitely, and it sounds like you're both anti Xbox. No, mm, a little bit. Do you have an little, Xbox? I, no, I don't. I then, used to. I'm. I. I I'm not anti Xbox as much as I'm indifferent toward Xbox. Okay. Um, there are some things that you know I'll make fun of things on Xbox all the time. I'll make fun of its failure rate, like everybody else does. I'll make fun of some of the shit that that's that I think is stupid. But for the most part, it's just it's just another system, and it just doesn't fit my tastes, right? Like the games that come out for it are just not what I like. Uh, which is why I've got three PS3s in my house, just because the games that I get are the games that I like. Um, I I'm. If it had more exclusives that made it interesting to me, I just can't justify buying an, an Xbox just for, like, Xbox Live Arcade games. It doesn't seem... It, that just doesn't seem like a, a worthy investment to me. Well, as a dude who just bought his second Xbox... Oh, God. <laughs> X, Microsoft has me in their grip, all things Xbox-related. Okay. Um, so, yeah, my Xbox just red-ringed for the second time. <laughs> um, passed uh, well. It was it was a launch system. I got it used from a friend, and um, it red-ringed three months after me having it, and then it red-ringed again recently. Passed expiration or whatever, warranty expiration. And so, so like, I horribly picked, expensive to get it fixed. It was horribly expensive to get it fixed. Um, it was it was 100 bucks to get it fixed, which is more than I want to pay when a new machine costs 150 So That's fair. Yeah. Um, and then they've got these new new machines. You guys, what if those These don't slims? break? Yeah, what if they don't break? Who knows? But <laughs> they're what probably if they steal your soul. Yeah, they probably break. They're all black and shiny, but yeah. they probably break. 
Um, so I ended up buying. This is kind of funny. I bought uh, a used Xbox, a just refurbished Xbox, because a friend of mine had his Red Ring. He went and bought one of the new ones and paid, and it was still under warranty. So he got his old one fixed. Okay, and got it to me for eighty bucks. Oh, so nice. like, yeah, after shipping and everything, it was like one thirty. I don't know, but see, I, I might if I could get an Xbox for less than a hundred bucks, I would probably buy another one. We had one for a while that we bought for. I don't remember how much we paid for it. We paid, I think we paid three hundred, and it it came with like a bunch of games and a one of the hundred and. 120 gig hard drives or 100 120 gig hard drive it came with 120 gig hard yeah. drive and it was an elite and it had um extra controllers and extra games and stuff and all for 300 bucks and we bought it and i never touched it i just like i played crackdown for like an hour and then i never touched the thing again see that's so strange because 90 percent more of my gaming is happening on xbox and i say that in a weird way because like like as a guy who used to like the dave matthews band I liked the Dave Matthews band. I hated everyone else who liked the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> God, when I'd go to like, I went to a, a couple Dave Matthews band concerts out at the Gorge, and it would be like, you know, I'd bring a girl, and I would look around and see all these dudes in their baseball caps, and like, just getting high, and this this was not my scene. The, the band's multicultural, but this was a bunch of white frat boys, right? And this is how I feel about Xbox. <laughs> I love my Xbox. I hate everybody else who loves Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Like you guys, we I feel like we have similar gaming tastes. I feel like, you know, you like you you obviously like the same things that I like. Um I don't feel that way with the other people who like Xbox, but Xbox has me in its grip in weird ways. I I kind of hate achievement points, but I like them too. Yeah. Um I and and Xbox has me with just I can see what my friends are playing. Yes. I can PlayStation does that too. It, they do, but I can join games my friends are playing. I can see what my friends have. I mean, again, PlayStation does all those things, but in weird alien ways that you're not used in to. In weird alien well, ways it's... that I'm not used to, and in weird alien ways where my friends who have PlayStations, like, it feel I just feel disconnected from them. The it's it's almost like Microsoft was there first with this. So although oh, they Play, were. So although though although PlayStation is doing this now, uh, I don't feel like trophies mean anything to me. See, and I'm the exact opposite because I've been kind of a Sony fanboy for so long that trophies mean a lot to me, right? Because I, when I, I, when I had my Xbox, that was one of the things I was looking at. I was like, oh, cool, I can get a gamer score, and every, I can like, you know, wave my dick at all the other people that I know on my on my Xbox, and that's fine. And then, but then I never played my Xbox, so I was like, I will never have a gamer score, right? I will never do this. And then I started paying closer attention to the trophies on my PS3, and I'm like, hmm. So now I'm actually going through a bunch of games trying to go on trophy runs and stuff on, on the games because now I I also I listen to other podcasts where they talk about it, um, where there's a lot of Sony fanboys and people talking about Sony stuff where they're always talking about being trophy whores and talking about, you know, their their trophy level and all all the how many platinums they have and all this stuff. And now it's starting to it's starting to creep into my consciousness four years after the console came out. It's, I'm starting to finally be like, mm, okay, I need to go get trophies. We have a mutual acquaintance. I won't name him. I'll give him a pseudonym. Okay. Um, Bessie Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh, yeah. Um, that that guy's what you would call an achievement whore, right? Sixty thousand. It's sixty thousand. It's something like that. It might be more than that now. And it's interesting. I have friends on Xbox. Uh, Ross, you guys might know, yeah. works at Nintendo or yeah. works at Microsoft. Um, he. Um, 
he has like 60,000 points. You can look at the games he plays. These are legitimate games that he's been into. In a way, so Gabriel, it's not just whoring for achievement points by getting everything uh, that can be easy. Bessie, Bessie. Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> Bessie, Bessie, Bessie Bickle. <laughs> he, he has uh, achievement points. He'll have the full Hannah thousand Montana. in Hannah Montana, the movie, the game. <laughs> It's High School Musical three. Oh it's, God, that's it's, terrible. It, it's it's both English, American and Japanese versions of games because you can double the points up. <coughs> but then you look at somebody like you know like in, in the people who have a ton sixty thousand points. You can see oh it's it becomes more a sign of unemployment than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like oh I see you've you, you've got a lot of gamer score recently. Oh it's it's your break. You know like you you haven't been working for a while. I don't get the people. There are people who um, somehow manage to legitimately get humongous gamer scores and hold down a regular job. Uh, Christina, one of our regulars on the show, has a friend who uh, lives. She came from Georgia. Has a friend that just moved back there. Who won. He's a 360 collector, so he's got almost every single Xbox 360 game that has ever been released. And he's got a legitimate job that uh, he works at on a regular basis. He is not unemployed, and he's got a gamer score somewhere in the low 100,000s, like 120,000-something. And it's it's insane. Like, how the hell do you do that? Because isn't it like every game maxes out a thousand points, right? Yeah, uh, twelve hundred or fifteen hundred, I think, with add-on content. Okay, so but but a, a basic yeah, game right. is going to yeah, be a thousand points. So you you figure that this guy, it's likely that he does not have the full thousand points in every game that he's played, which means that he has played well over what a hundred and hundred and twenty if he had the thousand in every single one, which means he's likely paid like played like a hundred and fifty different games on the Xbox and gotten a thousand in a bunch of them and then random other points in others. That's nuts. That is fucking nuts. I've got seventeen games for my PS3. I've beaten two of them. So I can't even imagine spending the time and energy that it would take to get that high of a gamer score or to be the guy on the PlayStation that has 15 Platinums and is level 18 or whatever, you know, yeah. what, whatever their version of it is. Yeah, I don't understand quite how the, uh, the, the level thing works for the PS. It's exactly like leveling up in an RPG. So it, it becomes is, kind of exponential. You need more exactly. as you get to higher levels. Exactly. You get, you know, it takes a certain number of trophy points to get to level two, and then going from two to three is it takes more, and going from three to four takes more. So once you get to like level, I think the most people who are who have talked about it say that once you hit level eleven or level twelve is when it just gets mind-blowingly impossible to actually level up at all. At at which point you start just going for for platinums where you're just like okay now i'm level 12 and i have eight platinums well this guy has 10 platinums that guy has 14 platinums and then eventually sometime you might hit level 13 but it doesn't really matter at that point anymore so i don't know i uh i'm pathetic i don't have any platinums at all i know and i know that some like the other thing is that downloadable games aren't allowed to have platinums so you can only have gold trophies in in downloadable games and usually you can only have one so um so it's it's they've got a kind of a weird scoring system depending on the type of game you get but um it's not so different than xbox with it's really not yeah, 200, 200 yeah 250 with add-on it's ideally it's not that different it's 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 it ends up being the same shtick, right? Because if it's a cross-platform game, then usually the achievements that you earn in the Xbox version are the same things that get you trophies in the in the PlayStation version yeah. most of the time. Um, and getting a thousand points 
uh, whatever would get you a thousand points in the Xbox version would get you the platinum trophy in the PlayStation one. So it's it basically the same thing. It's just the level is makes it a little different. So how do you guys feel? This podcast is about retro gaming. Uh-huh. There were no achievements or trophies. What do you feel like achievements and trophies are doing to gaming now? Is it ruining gaming? I know there was a panel recently at like the Game Developers Conference about how bad achievements are for games and gaming. What do you feel? I don't think that they're bad for games. I think that they're... So back when we played classic games, there were always games that had collectibles, right? Collectathons of some sort. Like you play through a Mario game and you'd be like, oh, well, I've, you know, I've beaten every level in this time or I've got X number of stars or I, you know, I've done this, these things. And those were always things that were part of the games. Um, And it would always be that kind of, you know, that kind of dick waving. It would be, you'd walk up to your friends and you'd be like, well, I've got all the stars in Super Mario 3 or what? I don't, that's probably terribly wrong. Super but Mario World. Super Mario, I've got all the stars in Super Mario World. And then your buddy would be like, well, I got all five gems in Sonic. You know, and it, it was, it's the same kind of thing consolidated to, in order to um, kind of make the community around a console coalesce into one like big community. So instead yeah. of being, Per game, you know, the, to there to some degree, there still is. There's still, oh, I got all of the treasures in Uncharted, um, but now you take all those treasures in Uncharted and then you translate them into trophies and put them online and mix them with the trophies from all the other games on the console. Now you have that other that kind of meta version of it where everybody's comparing that to each other. Um, I think it's good for community building for, for especially for a console. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's detrimental. I don't think it's at all detrimental because especially if you, you know, you start like Bessie Bickle is playing games like Hannah Montana that no one would ever play unless they had trophies. Right. So, so what do you, what about you? Bessie Bickle, nothing but love for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about you, Andy? uh, I don't understand how something added on that really doesn't cost the player anything. And it's just a way for them to, you know, show their friends, hey, I managed to do this achievement. I got the zombie genocider in uh, Dead Rising. Okay. I showed my friends, I'm like, hey, I killed 53,000 zombies in one game. I don't see how that can be a bad thing. Well, I think the way to think of it as a negative thing is like, okay, say you're playing a game. I know you can have like secret achievements and secret trophies. Right. But like, say you're playing a game. I'm playing, let's use an example of something I played recently on PlayStation. I played like Batman Arkham Asylum or something, right? right? Um I can see my pro. I, I I can see my progress of the game. I can see how far I am. I I can be pulled out of the game every time one of those things pops up. And I know you can go in and you can turn those settings off. But um, like I I went in and t- turned the sound off because I was playing Alan Wake recently on the Xbox, which I really enjoyed. And I'd be in the like feeling of the game and in that setting. And so much of that game is about tone and mm-hmm. just like, you know, the, the feeling of being in these woods and freaked out. I've, I was only playing it at night. So I felt that way. And then pop a little like gamer score thing would pop up. Pop, my friends are online and like, it's pulling me out of the game. And it's, it's when used the wrong way, it's making, it's, it's, it's making you play the game in ways that maybe the game wasn't even meant to be played. Well, that's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. So, uh, conversely, if they are done right, though, they're amazing. I got the renegated trophy or achievement in uh, the first Mass Effect, uh, which is you have to get like 75 percent of the 
doing bad guy doing points. The bad thing. Yeah, I, think that's I got I it at the exact point that I punched the reporter in the face. <laughs> so she's interviewing me, and I just, you know, bam! And it's just like, bang! <laughs> Achievement unlocked, bang. renegade. I'm like, why wasn't I recording that? That is brilliant. So I, I think it. I think that boils down to the the designers. Uh, that that's something that falls on the designers. It's something that's it. getting better as we go on. Too. Right, and it because games have always had collectibles, and that is not something that's new. Collectibles games have also always had, to some degree, had collectibles that could only be achieved by playing in playing the game in a way that's not necessarily like the way the game was intended to be played. True. Um, so what it boils down to is making sure that um, I, I think one of the ways where it goes wrong is when <clears throat> you have achievements that can only be that can only be uh, achieved, <laughs> they can only be earned on the first playthrough of the game, I think that's where you end up with a problem is where you're, you're limiting the player to making sure that they do this stuff the first time they play through the game rather than like with Arkham Asylum, it would be great if you could just play through the story and you could just do the story and get to the end of the game. And then when you're at the end of the game and after you've beaten everything, it does what a lot of older games have done. Like uh, the Ratchet and Clank games on the PS2 were a good example of a game where you'd beat the final boss and then it would say, Oh, well we're going <clears> to, <throat> You're, you can either move on to the next, you move on and play through the game a second time with all of your current weaponry and everything, or you can revert to the save just before the boss, which will allow you to go run through the game and do whatever the fuck you want for a while, and then you can beat the boss again and do a thing. See, <clears throat> and that I agree that the achievement thing popping up in the middle of the game that can also be distracting depending on the game design. Like Alan Wake's a good example of a game that shouldn't be like that. Yeah, uh, Heavy Rain's a good example of a game that oh, should not God. be like that. And, and you see them designing it like Heavy Rain in most cases. Those were popping up during loading screens and stuff. Yes. So. Yeah, but there was one that I got that was just irritating. Well, I think towards the end, whichever one, yeah, like you know exactly how it's going to end based on whatever trophy pops up. Yeah. See, that's like, terrible. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, story spoilers and trophies is especially in a game that is as story heavy as fucking heavy rain. That's terrible. Yeah. The whole concept of that is awful. That's the only complaint I can think about that game though. I haven't actually played it. I've, oh. I've played bits and pieces of it. I've never played the whole game, and I, I know I need to. I can talk all kinds of weird negative things about Heavy Rain. Really? Well, I know a lot of people that have negatives about it. I mean, it. Okay. I, I played through it, and I like it. Be- before we, before yeah, we start yeah. here, do you care if we talk about it? No, I don't. Okay. I don't care about spoilers at all, so I, I mean, I'll play through it, and I, I, the statute of limitations on spoilers for Heavy Rain is way past, so that's something we'll warn the listeners about, too, is if we're going to talk about it now, we're probably going to have spoilers, okay. so if you don't cool. want to talk about Heavy Rain, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Heavy Rain, uh, skip this part of the podcast or turn it off or something, so. Fast forward. Go ahead. Five minutes? Ten yeah. minutes? Uh, ten we'll minutes. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, seriously, I thought the game was brilliant. I got the four heroes ending, uh, saved the kid with the dad, completed every single challenge, and I felt like, oh, my God, I did the right thing with this guy. I don't know. I didn't get that, just to tell you how I ended. <laughs> I, I had all four heroes up until that last battle, the last scene, and then I missed a couple of quick time things. A few things that, like, you know, so I felt Scott like I was doing the right. With the exactly. pretty much. So I felt like I was doing it right, and then, you know, I lose this guy I've been with the whole game. And then, the, you know, I don't defeat, like, the bad guy or whatever, and he goes walking free or whatever. Does that happen either way? Uh, no, know. it does not. Okay. Uh, so I just feel like, uh, and that happened throughout the game in smaller amounts, where... 
because of my it's, it's supposed to be a game about me making decisions really like uh-huh. gameplay is moving the controller in a certain way pushing a series of buttons and it it works in that it feels like you have to do it right like it's exciting and if you don't push the button right you'll crash your car or whatever you're doing right uh-huh. but I want to be able to make the decisions in the game and they've got it built. I guess you can go back and reload old like stages or whatever, but I don't want to do that. I'm having this experience the first way through and I'm not saying I want what I want to happen to happen, but if I've done so great up until this end and then I get hit in the head with a sledgehammer and I lose this guy that I've been with for the last however many hours, it was it was it was a bad way for me to end the game. And let alone the idea that like I just feel like a lot of the stuff that makes it work also makes it not work like the exciting stuff when you're in the car when you're in the car and you're doing you're fighting a guy and you're trying to like fight off a kidnapper or whatever the Mad Jack fight was fucking amazing oh that was in the um like the car the garage, shop or whatever yeah. yeah yeah so like all that stuff is is like amplified because you spend the rest of the game cutting some pizza for your son and frying <laughs> some eggs and doing these menial tasks. Did you get the good father trophy? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so like you're taking care of a son. You're just like so much of it is just the slow, you know, it's a slow burn, but I'm not sure that and and graphically it looks great, but graphically it's doing that it, it, it's that, um, what, the something valley, the uncanny valley, where it's just a little too close to being real, but not real enough, and it freaks me out. Yeah. And there's something where, and the writing of the game, despite being a lot better than a lot of video games, still feels like you're playing a video game. There's a lot of games like that. So it feels like these things that are negative about it, I'm, I'm all for that, the, that, you know, they made Heavy Rain. Glad it did. It's a step towards everything else, you know? But I feel like... We're like like because it still feels so gamey, I'm I'm not getting the experience I should be getting. Because the story isn't what isn't top notch. It's still well, good to, for a game. Well and to draw this to, to draw this around to our original discussion, it seems like that's another thing that like could be amplified by trophies popping up in the middle of your fucking gameplay too, right? Like it's already feeling gamey to you. Yeah. It's gonna be made even worse when it's like bling, you got the good father trophy. They're patching in move support into heavy rain and i know you can say uh, and i know i'm not going to pick up either move or connect when it comes out but as a gamer i know that i'm eventually going to pick up these things if they last at all if they're not just like six titles each or something i there's eventually going to be something that i'm going to want right dance central for the xbox is one of those things right but really oh yeah well well, we'll, we'll, we might talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) oh god let's 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 cool out on this heavy ring but like i could see that helping a little bit right if i'm doing more realistic motions and i don't want to just be miming a life okay so that i can see the reason i can see that is because of the fact that if you've got a if you have the ability to um you were saying that uh, the, the kind of the purpose of the game and the thing that draws you in is the concept of making the decisions, right? Where you you are you are deciding to do something in a specific way, and that's what makes it. That's what draws you in. And just to clarify, it, what's strong about that is that you're making the decisions, not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, you next. don't know what the consequence of your action is and, going. to And be. I love Mass Effect, and I love games like that. But most of those games, even when they're gray, like Mass Effect Two is with your decisions. You're still like I mean, there's a decision that's blue and there's a decision that's red, right? And you know which one is going to get you those renegade points. And you know which one is going to get a little yeah. halo above your head. And Heavy Rain is good about staying away from that. Yeah, is it like the um, when you go to uh, interrogate the religious nut, 
and he goes to pull out the cross. Yeah, yeah. I shot him. I killed him. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's going for a weapon. Pop. Oh, shit. That's a... Uh... <laughs> That's My ex- bad. That's exactly the way Infamous is, like where it's you are good or evil. And staying in the middle kind of is, is almost like a, a punishment in that game. You're like not the, either of the cool you're not, things. Exactly. Like you have to you have to level up as a as a guardian or or get, you know, I don't remember what the rogue or whatever. I don't remember what the negative version is called, but the it's correct like, path. Yeah. The but you get, you know, you don't if you stay kind of neutral, you kinda get fucked in your abilities and now you just kinda you're just kinda floating through the game. But yeah, but what I was going to say about like the decision making thing is that it seems like if they did not have a quick time event pop up on screen, right? If they if they kind of gave you a framework whereby you you knew that doing a certain action would re- would be represented in game fairly well. Like if you like you go to punch somebody, you're playing it on connect and you go to punch somebody and it punches somebody, then <clears throat> it would feel more like <clears throat> excuse me, it would feel more like you're actually making those decisions rather than being like, oh, now I have to press triangle and hold L1 right now, yeah. you know, so. And and no matter what, that's, that was pulling me out of the game. No matter how deep into the story and the characters I got, I still, like, would, oh, you know, there's, our, there's a triangle and a circle and especially R1 and L2 that keeps popping on the screen and I realize I'm holding a controller and I'm not in it. And what you said about just being able to punch somebody, not really knowing what you can do and just doing it. Yeah. I feel like that's that's how that's almost like how adventure games used to work when I was a kid, right? You could type in what you wanted to happen and a lot of things would work. At least it felt that way at the time. Yeah, if you went sure. back now, it wouldn't feel that way. You know, we'd see it was four words you could type in. Right. But at the time it felt like that. And if, if games like Heavy Rain can get to that point, kind of back to the way those old adventure games felt where I could do anything I wanted to do, you know, yeah. So then, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying to draw this back to our discussion, because I'm really enjoying this discussion about trophies and, and achievements and stuff. If the games actually evolved to that point, would it then become a detriment to have things like achievements and and trophies? Would it be detrimental to the game to for those things to exist, and would it pull you out of the experience for being able to just like you said just make decisions and feel like you're flowing through the game i mean what do you, what would you think about it if it actually evolved to that point? Well, I think it'd be interesting if they had um for instance, let's go with Heavy Rain for a second. You get the trophy, you finish the game. And then if somebody looks at your trophy, they see, okay, uh, the killer got away. However, you saved the kid and two of the, uh, th- well, three people that are good guys mm-hmm. lived. That that would be cool. However, if it's like, chapter one, you successfully completed the rat. You did not crash the car. Chapter two, you did, you know. If mm-hmm. it lists out what's going on, if someone accidentally sees that, that totally would wreck the entire fucking experience. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. I'm so anti-spoiler. You talk to people who know me. I don't want to know what a movie's about before I go yeah. and see it. You know, I don't want to hear the the synopsis. If I haven't seen a trailer to a movie and I'm sitting down to see it, that's like the way I want to experience something. And it's similar with games. And if we if we've got to this magical probably unrealistic semi-virtual <laughs> reality world where anything I want to do in an open world game I can do. Uh-huh. Um, I'd, if, if they get the achievements to pop up in that cool badass way where like I do something cool and the thing pops up on the screen to show me, that's great. Um, I don't think I'd ever want to list. You know, mm-hmm. I, if, After I beat a game, if I want to go online and find that list, I'm sure that will be online. 
but I don't think I even want to see. Like, I, you don't I, even like having the lists of question marks? I don't think I do like, because I see how many I have left or something. You know, okay. There's something weird. I don't know. So sort of like it, you would prefer a, you open the game and it shows you, you've got three trophies. There could be a hundred. But yeah, you just wouldn't know. yeah, maybe, and I can maybe I can like start to deduce by looking and seeing what my friends have because you definitely want to keep that element. But yeah, that makes sense. And does the, it does it really do do, achieve, do achievements and trophies because of their community element really feel that different from collecting shit in a game in a classic game and then telling your friends about it? I mean, yes, it's proof. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you have the proof set down, but I mean, does it? Because to me, it's never felt that different. It's it's just. It's kind of a framework for something that has already existed, but it, a lot of people, yourself included, seem to think, seem to feel like it's a completely different thing. It's a completely different thing, and I don't know if I can ever say why it's a completely different thing, and I don't want it to be a different, a completely different thing. I want to be able to play my Nintendo Wii and to play Super Mario Galaxy Two, which is great, mm-hmm. and I just finished through Metroid Prime, Metroid Other M, mm-hmm. and which is okay, and. I want to enjoy those games. I don't enjoy them like I do stupid games on the Xbox because the achievement points aren't there. And I am not an achievement whore. Yeah. But there's just something missing to pull me back in there to see that, to pop up that list and see what my friends have and to feel like I'm working to some greater goal. And that's what it is. And that's what gaming is to a lot of people. You can sit down and achieve something that feels like you've like gone and done this thing you know like it's like getting a promotion or 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 getting the girl to say yes to the date uh but you can sit down and you can get it every time and if you don't get it you can keep doing it and get it again you know and that's always been like the draw of sitting down and playing in this fake world and you know achieving something in a small amount of time and now there's just a list of things that i can achieve and you know, and in terms of PlayStation, there's a list, and they're grading which ones are better for me to achieve than the others, right? So it's like it, it it's it's providing an outlet for you know the the dick waving aspect of video games, which sort of, but I don't. To even... me, that's what that's what it feels like to me. It's like it's it's not a I feel good for achieving this thing so much as it's an I feel good because I achieved it and you didn't. I'm interested in what my friends are doing. And I'm interested in doing those things. I'm not interested in whether people see that I've done them, I guess. Okay. Um, I think that makes you different myself. from the vast majority of people who, who go for achievements yeah. and trophies, yeah, though. Because I think, the, so. I think the draw for the general populace of video game players is more of that you can show how much better than your friends you are. Yeah. Right? It's not necessarily the um, you can feel good about making this stuff. Because if, if it were about making you feel good about finding these things out that you could do in the game, then the gamer score wouldn't exist and it would just be a list of things that you have done, right? The gamer score is where you're like, I'm better than you. Yeah. So what it's done is it's made the achievements that, I mean, again, not using achievements trademark, but it's made the things that we used to accomplish in games seem less important by comparison just because there's this other layer. Yeah. So that, that I can see. Cause it, uh, I mean, actually, I can demonstrate that straight out with the Uncharted games. Uh, Uncharted 1 did not have trophy support, and it still doesn't have trophy support. They didn't patch it in. Um, but there were 60 collectible tro- uh, treasures that you could get in the game that you just had to kind of find in the environment, right? And there were a whole list of unlockable uh 
accomplishments that you could do, like kill a hundred people with an AK forty seven or um, soften five people up with gunfire, then and take then them kill them out with a punch. punch. I think exactly. we all love the Uncharted games. So. Oh yeah, yeah. fucking spectacular. <laughs> and I had a. I'm still having fun going through Uncharted One again and and trying to to get those things, but I am some for some reason completely uninterested in doing the exact same shit in Uncharted Two because somehow every single one of those things is attached to a trophy. Oh, okay. And I don't know why that is. I just feel it feels like I'm actually doing something in the first game and. It doesn't feel like there's an ulterior motive to it, if that makes any sense. Like you were saying, there isn't that other layer to it. So I'm not like nothing in my brain. When I earn a trophy, something in the back of my brain, even though technically I can tell myself I don't give a shit about my my trophy level or or anything, something in the back of my brain goes, ooh, I just added to my trophy level. Whereas when I'm playing an Uncharted, I'm just like, oh, cool, I found this cool treasure. Yeah. You know? So... I and it's just tying. I mean, it's coming into everything. I'm getting achievements in StarCraft Two, and, wow. and I'm going back to get them. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not into World of Warcraft, but yeah, I, that that would totally bring me in. And Steam achievements. I've got stupid achievements on my like Plants vs Zombies on my phone, right? <laughs> and those are things that are going to pull me back into games. And when they're good games, that's great. And when they're not so great games, you know, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be spending so much time on that one game. You probably shouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. This was supposed to be a short originally about Super This is going to be two episodes yeah. is what this is going to be. <laughs> can this I talk gonna... about Dance Central? Oh, oh, you, can yeah. talk, you can say whatever the fuck oh, you want. You guys aren't excited for Dance Central? Uh, Just Dance terrifies me. Okay, well, that I, I haven't played Just Dance. I've seen all the horrible PR for Just Dance. Look at this. It's got a camera. It, it teaches records you, dance, you right? in 3D space. It has three difficulties for each song, 30 songs. You're... It's it, you're it's measuring like you know it's actually working from everything that I've read and you're doing those real moves you're getting a real workout you're shaking your booty no matter how no, yeah no matter no matter how like fun people have are having with Just Dance and Just Dance is selling like hotcakes I don't understand but people love Just Dance the, there isn't an attachment for Just Dance to strap the Wiimote to your booty. <laughs> <laughs> And, and as far as I'm concerned, that's the important part of dancing. <laughs> so, so, like, I'm excited that this thing is measuring my whole body and that and, – and, and it has its, like, it has its things that I'm unhappy with. It's only measuring one person at a time no matter what. So you'll see them doing their demos and there's six people behind. Well, those six people are having fun, but they're not being scored. When it's doing two-person battles, it's one at a time and another – I don't know if okay. that's connect um, technical difficulties. It sounds more I like it's it just is. we want to kick this out on launch and we're doing it this way and we don't want to have to worry about like people hitting themselves dancing and stuff. Yeah, well, I have a feeling that maybe with a connect there's there's a certain amount of like it feels to me like the more complex you make the movements, the less ability the connect would have to to read that in multiple people. Like you can do the what's the what's the connect uh, game that's like the Wii Sports version, but for connect where they've got like the raft and your connect jumping. adventures, connect adventures and stuff. The the movements in that are comparatively simplistic, right? You're you're ducking. And then you're jumping, and then you're leaning to one side. But when you get into a game that has as much complexity as Just Dance, it seems like the processing load, or not Just Dance, Dance Central, the processing load on the Connect and the Xbox trying to actually read two people doing those movements and then also differentiate the two of them and try and score them separately would make it a little difficult for the Connect itself to actually handle. Yeah. 
Um, Sorry if I got a little too technical. No, 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 no. Just no. like that's, I think that seems like that's where. It isn't was, there also like a landing. fighting one? Um, that's what you want. You punch your buddy in the face and get a score for it. I don't. There, there's, there's, there's. Uh, I, I don't remember what the game's called. Let's call it Just Fight. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's Just Fight on the PlayStation Move. Okay, it's a move game. It's though. a move game. And I, I, I yeah, it's, it, I mean, it looks like Punch Out on the Wii, but with realistic graphics. Yes, and I've everything seen that. with the move looks like the thing on the Wii, but with realistic I think graphics. actually that's um, part of Sports Champions. Okay. Uh, which is their Wii Sports for the move, basically. Um, some of Sports Champions looks fun. It, I mean, the the one the the one thing that I will say the one to one motion of the PlayStation Move uh, as opposed to like the the Wii Remote. Well, it's better with the Wii Motion Plus now, but um, with the Wii Remote, the original Wii Remote, it was definitely not a one to one thing, and it it um, it looked a little bit better with the Move. But motion controls in general, still, I just can't. Um, maybe I'm the I'm one of the old foggy video gamers that just can't get into the motion control stuff, but I, I just I like having a controller in my hand. I think it depends on the game design too. I can't stand games with uh, tilt controls or anything that does not have um, a defined limit, right? Like if I'm if I'm steering a car in a game, I like having an analog stick where if I crank it all to one all the way to one side, I'm limited there, yeah. right? Tilt controls where, you know, if I'm tilting it one way and I don't feel like I'm steering enough, You're I just over tilting it. Yeah, you turn it upside down and you know the game's not recognizing that because yeah. there is an artificial limit that's put in there, but you don't know what that is. Yeah. And trying to figure it out is kind of a pain in the ass. Okay. And I feel it's the same way with like connect and move and, and the Wii remote. Now so. back to the important talk of Dance Central. <laughs> <laughs> it's made by the harmonics guys who do rock band. Sure. And who I have complete and utter faith in. Okay. Like I trust these guys. I'm going to go and I'm going to add it all up and I'm going to figure out how much I've spent on rock band instruments and games and DLC. But it's a lot. You're going to be spending the money it's on getting a real guitar. I am Rock probably going to be like, doing that. So I'm super excited <laughs> so for Rock I. Band 3. In order to cut down my gaming expenses, I've planned out the games that I'm buying by the end of the year, right? And I've got <laughs> it down to three. I've cut it down to three games. I know there's ones that are going to creep in there. You got that Need for Speed by the Criterion guys. You've got that new Assassin's Creed. Duke Nukem. You've got you've got <laughs> fictional games that are never coming out. <laughs> um. I, I, I want the the next one on the list is the new Halo going to be at my door when I Reach. go back to L.A. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not a big Halo dude. Same thing as the Dave Matthews band. I like the games. I don't like the people who play the games. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Rock Band's next on that list. I'm, I've, I've got it pre-ordered. I'm getting the keyboard bundle. I've already got three Rock Band guitars. I got one of those Be- Beatles guitars last year. I'm not even that great at Rock Band, but I'm getting better. I'll probably end up spending the 40 bucks and getting the cymbals on. Oh. Um, and however that much that real guitar costs, I'm guessing something like 300 They haven't announced it yet. I actually think, I'm pretty sure, and I might be wrong, so, but I'm pretty sure that you can actually use any real electric guitar that has a MIDI out, and then you buy a MIDI adapter that goes with the game, and then you can use any electric guitar through a MIDI adapter in the game. You may be able to, but they've got this, they've got like sensors in the in this one, this fender that they've got where it knows where your fingers are besides okay. just touching on strings. Yeah, yeah. So, either way, if that's $300 or less, I'm not going to get it right away, but God, it's going to be aching there in the back of my head, and it's eventually... That would see, and for me, I'm the exact opposite, where that is the only reason 
reason I'm buying that game. Yeah. Like, I am buying that game to buy it with a real guitar and play that version of the game. I don't give a shit about drums. I don't care about anything that has buttons. I don't care about that stupid fucking Mad Cats controller that has 120 fret yeah, buttons. Yeah, that's, that's like if I'm gonna useless. If I'm going to go, why would I go in between, right? I'm either going to have five fret buttons or I'm going to have a real guitar. Why am I going to have a fake guitar that emulates playing a real guitar when I could just play a real guitar? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care about any of the other instruments. I don't care about the guitar. I don't care about any of that bullshit. Get, put a real Fender Starcaster in my hand and let me play a game that will, you know, the fantasy is that it to some degree will teach me how to play guitar. Uh, that probably is complete and utter bullshit, but... I, I think um, it will. I mean, with the difficulty tiers, you're starting on easy and it's easy. I mean, it's hard easy, but it's easy. And you're yeah. eventually working up to expert, at which, which is point you're just every playing note. the song. You yeah. know? So I'm not saying it's going to be an easy journey through that, but I think if you and I got these guitars eventually we would be able to play crappy guitar. <laughs> we <laughs> would be those dudes that who would is play fair. the beginning of 80 songs, all 80 songs that came oh. in the rock band, right? And those <laughs> the, be the first, the only notes we could remember, you know? But I'm really excited for that. And, I, and that's why, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, when that Kinect camera goes down, or like when I finally play Dance Central in real life, I trust those harmonics dudes enough that like it might I've got this great mental image of you like looking at, you're at home you're on your computer and you're like oh here's Dance Central and you just start dancing it's like I can't wait until this really <laughs> yeah. happens in real life I'll, soon I'll be able to dance and it'll be able to score me <laughs> <laughs> come on ride the train choo choo ride it <laughs> I, I'm I do the bus driver in the studio and uh, <laughs> I do enjoy the fact that at the beginning of the short that we recorded you had specifically mentioned why you like listening to my show because it's not just a bunch of guys sitting around bullshitting about video games and that's but what then we I spent came on yeah and then now we're just sitting three guys sitting around bullshitting about video but games. we locked them in at the beginning and now we got them <laughs> good luck getting away well uh thank you very much for being on the show yeah Adam. thanks for that's having awesome. me uh whenever i'm back in town i'll let you know i'd Absolutely. love to do it again sweet maybe you can actually be on a full version of the show if you give us a couple weeks warning before you come in we can tell you what game we're playing and you can, you can come in on it sounds good so uh, yeah, thanks Andy for showing up. Thank Anytime. you, uh, thank you, Adam. And we're out.